Welcome to Have the Edge podcast for business leaders and entrepreneurs. Every week we share content to add value to you and your business. Today we will discuss a topic that you do not want to miss. Your hosts today are experienced coaches, speakers and trainers from Have the Edge. Please check out business services we offer by visiting www.havetheedge.org. Are you an entrepreneur? Visit our website to subscribe to Entrepreneur Space. Rick, the phrase work-life balance has been buzzing in business for years. And the concept is that people should avoid letting work have too much control over their lives. It's part of the conversation about balancing family and home responsibilities, mental health, exercise and hobbies with work. Everyone knows that COVID-19 has really altered what a good work-life balance looks like. Parents have to homeschool their children. Employees are now working from home, making it feel even more challenging to separate work life from home life. We all know people who have turned their kitchen tables into workspaces, including me, and Zoom calls can be interrupted by pets, deliveries, frequent visits from family members. Is it possible to have a healthy work-life balance given the situation? You know, that's a great question, Anna, and I hear it a lot. I totally agree that work-life balance has never felt more challenging. And you know, what's worse is that no one knows when things will return to normal. Even normal is going to look different from before the pandemic. Everyone, employees, parents, families, educators, business owners, find themselves redefining the balance between their work and their personal lives. So then, is it possible to get it? You know, I know there is a lot of confusion about this. And it starts with what work-life balance even means. There are a lot of definitions, but they really all boil down to the same things. They have to do with keeping a proper balance between the things we have to do and the things we like to do. In an ideal world, these would be the same, but very few people live in that world. So back to the original question, is it possible? Yeah, people are doing it all the time. There's a lot of advice and a lot of tools to help people get the right balance. Most people have heard of the wheel of life, but maybe some people haven't. So in a nutshell, the wheel of life is, well, draw a circle, cut the circle into pieces. Think of the way that most people cut a round pizza. They generally cut it into equal slices. Sometimes my children do not think so. But anyway, how many slices? <laughs> What's the right number and what are they? Well, you know, that really depends on how many areas in your life you want to balance. Some people balance as few as five or six, while others might, goodness, have more than a dozen slices. Typical areas might be health, relationships, career, spirituality, financial being, and so on. You know, in many coaching exercises, the coachee is asked to rate themselves on this circle. If they think they're doing well in an area, they put a dot in that slice near the outer edge. The closer they think they are to achieving their ideal in that area, the closer to the outer edge they place the dot. If they think they're not doing so well, well, they'll put the dot closer to the center. When the exercise is over, the person connects the dots and usually ends up with sort of a, a lopsided star-shaped program. Dots closer to the center might suggest areas that the person might want to focus on more. So presumably, this is what we're striving for. 
Okay, so what I hear you saying is that balance is a zero-sum exercise. Since there is only so much time available, devoting what more time in one area means I have to take it from another. If I'm doing this then, won't I actually find myself spending more time doing things I enjoy less, all for the sake of a balance? Don't you think that that could actually increase stress for some people? Oh, I absolutely agree. So far, we have been talking about this on more of a personal level, but what about an interpersonal level? What would that look like? Hmm. Okay. Think of a think of a domestic relationship in which the partners are trying to get balance. For example, they'll agree they'll balance the household chores. You know, as committed as they are to each other, inevitably one will feel like they're taking on more than their fair share of the load in a particular area. Maybe it's cooking, maybe it's cleaning, maybe it's some other chore. It doesn't take long for some feelings of dissatisfaction to creep in. The couple soon starts keeping score on each other, eventually sowing seeds of resentment. I struggle with this. I think a lot of people might feel this way. So what I'm trying to do is to seek harmony rather than balance. I think a lot of people will find what you are saying very familiar. So what does that mean? Balance and harmony sound similar. So what's the difference? You know, I think the difference is that that harmony allows there to be a natural flow that complements the areas in my life that are important to me. And it starts with me being clear about my purpose. In other words, I have to answer the question, what's really important to me? It allows me the freedom to spend the time and the energy where I need to, when I need to, without feeling guilty about it. This helps me respond to the demands of my time in the right way. Now, of course, there are times of high workload when I'm out of balance with my time, but I'm in harmony with my purpose. I'm aware of how the high workload now allows me to fulfill my purpose in other areas later. Hmm, as simple as that sounds, I think most people might find that difficult. Who spends the time to really look deep into themselves to answer that question? A lot of people are so stuck on responding to the urgent that they neglect the important. Oh, that is such great insight, Anna. Now, to be honest, it wasn't easy for me to answer that question either. And for the same reasons you mentioned. For a really long time, I had some vague notions of what my purpose was, but it wasn't until some mentors and coaches came alongside to help me with that. They were loving and patient with me, but they were persistent. I am convinced I couldn't have done it on my own. And that's the value of coaching and mentoring. I now use that same patient persistence with my own clients to help them. So in your own expertise and experience, what do you do? Tell me about that. Okay, gladly. I use a variation on the wheel of life. I have only five areas, which simplifies it some, and I don't try to grade myself in any of those areas. Here's how this works for me. The five areas I use are spirituality, primary love relationships, personal growth, health, and financial well-being. I've actually developed a purpose statement for each of those areas and combine them into a single all-encompassing paragraph. Now, you don't have to use my areas, although you're certainly welcome to use them as least as a starting point. Isn't that part of the value of a coach though? Do you think a good coach can help draw out 
of you, what your areas are and help you develop your purpose statements? A coach is absolutely invaluable in this area. So why is it then so important to come up with a purpose statement? Aren't a lot of people successful without one? I'll answer the second question first. I think a person can, have, without a clear purpose statement, can live a very comfortable life and can certainly achieve a pretty good level of success, but without realizing it, they may actually be settling for less than they can have and achieve less than they otherwise could have. Hey, if they're comfortable with that, if this works for them, then that's okay. I'm not here to judge what someone else should or could be doing. But you know, that first question is, is the one that intrigues me. And here's why. Here's why purpose is so important. Purpose is why you do what you do. It's the filter through which you make all your decisions. Purpose gives clarity and actually makes decision-making easier. Being clear on my purpose helps me make important decisions in advance before the moment of crisis or the challenge comes. I don't have to spend a lot of time agonizing on what the right thing to do is. I've decided in advance. Sometimes people tell me that they're feeling overwhelmed. Hey, I've been there. Sometimes I'm still there, but I've learned through some really good mentors that when I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'm probably underpurposed. In other words, I need to get back to remembering and sticking to my purpose. Okay, so let's go through the areas. You said the first one was spirituality. I'm sure people would love to learn more about that. Yeah, I know that some people may feel uncomfortable with the spirituality area, and I understand that. Listen, I think you can have a great life without considering spirituality, but I don't think it would be complete. Most people would probably feel there's still something missing. So... When I talk about spirituality, I'm talking about my awareness and my relationship with God. If that makes you feel uncomfortable, think about who are you? Who are you really? What kind of person do you want to be? Because of my spiritual purpose, I make time to pray and read scripture every day. That's non-negotiable. I get up extra early each morning so I can have the time and the privacy to do that. It also shapes my decision to tithe, to give back a portion of what I've been blessed with. And that goes beyond money and includes my time, my talents, and whatever wisdom I might have. So I think what you are saying is that your spiritual purpose helps you define the essence of who you are and who you want to be. I am thinking that if there is a difference between the two, that could be an area to work on to close the gap maybe a coach or a mentor could help. So let's talk about the second area. Okay. My second purpose is in the area of my primary love relationships. I think of my family, my friends, those with whom I'm personally close. It shapes how I prioritize and spend my time with them. Sometimes I neglect other areas because they may need me now. Mm. I think most people can relate to this because when there are conflicts, most often they start here. So what's your number three? Number three is in the area of my personal growth. I truly enjoy learning and I really enjoy teaching. So my personal growth helps me in two ways. Listen, I learned early on that I cannot give what I do not have. As my clients continue to grow, I have to continue to grow so I can serve them further. So I spend time looking deep into those areas that really interest me. I make the time to pursue my interests, 
even when there are other things that might seem like fun and I know I would enjoy doing. But if those things are taking me away from my passion, I'm likely to turn down those invitations. I get that. What's next? The fourth area is my health. My purpose in this area is to take care of my body, meaning eating right and developing good sleeping habits. In the past year, I've been able to shed over 40 pounds. Wow. I'm still not where I want to be. I'm not yet exercising as much as I'd like, but I'm working on getting better at that. This is actually a strong point for me. I focus a lot on my health and my family's health. Okay, so tell me about number five. Number five, the last area, has to do with freedom. This is freedom in terms of time and money. I want to have the resources to provide for all of my living expenses without my physical or mental involvement. Okay, does this mean retirement? I thought about that and no, I don't think so. At least not retirement in the sense that I now have all this spare time. I want to continue to make a difference in the lives of others without being dependent on my work to sustain my family and me. This shapes my investments. This gives me the freedom to spend time and money on the causes that are important to me. I can spend time with the people I want to be with and make a difference in the lives of others. I can leverage my time and my money on the things that reflect my values, my beliefs, and my agenda in the world as an agent for good. Okay, so you have given us the five areas and you have told us what each area means to you. You talked about blending them into a single statement. So tell us a little bit more about what does that look like? Okay, here it is. It's my purpose to live my life being fully aware of my oneness with God. On my spiritual journey, I make private time to read and pray and for me to hear his voice in my life. I express my faith and my gratitude to my tithing practice. As I, as I live out my spiritual beliefs, I spend quality time with the people I love and make them a priority. I'm a lifelong learner and I don't neglect investing my time and my money in my personal growth. I go deep in my study on the things that I'm interested in and that serve my growth and the growth of those whom I impact and influence. I eat healthy foods and have good sleeping habits so that I'm equipped to face the physical challenges I can foresee. I conduct my business in a way that allows me to be able to generate enough income and invest in such a way that provides for my living expenses without my physical or mental involvement. So that's an example of a purpose statement that includes all five of these key areas. And I make my decisions through the filter of the statement. And when I become aware that, you know, if I do stray off course, and I do, we all do, I'm gentle on myself. I quickly make the necessary decision to get myself right back on track. Thanks for that last reminder, Rick. I can't overstate the importance of being kind to yourself. The world is all too willing to point out our shortcomings and inadequacies. It's up to you to sift through the feedback and figure out what's real and what's not. Someone recently told me, don't take criticism from people you wouldn't take advice from. How true. I know that we're usually our own worst critics and we have to monitor our self-talk so that it serves us, so that it doesn't bring us down. Thanks for sharing your insights today, Rick. I thought we were going to talk about life-work balance, but you shifted from balance to harmony and showed everyone how knowing our purpose helps us achieve the harmony that can seem so elusive. 
If you're in need of life-work balance and are looking for a coach, a mentor, or a trainer, please get in touch with us because we'll be able to help. Email us at info at havetheedge.org. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for listening to Have the Edge podcast. Please leave us a rating and a review. Visit our website at www.havetheedge.org to explore our business and entrepreneurial services. If you have any queries, please email info at havetheedge.org. And to keep up to date, please follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram.